Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. During your holiday week here, we are committed to keeping you up to date with the latest that's happening in the world around us. And we're keeping it fresh. I mean, I realize this is a time right now when oftentimes if you're listening to a talk program, especially on terrestrial radio, what you're going to hear is somebody filling in saying, hi, I'm really glad that I have a chance to fill in today. Uh, (laughs) Or you might hear someone say, you're listening to the best of whatever it is. I am really proud of the fact that our team hustles and we're here. Joel, Crystal, Teresa are here today answering the phones. Todd's lurking in the background, I think. I don't know if I've seen him. Um, and, and Tamara, of course, our erstwhile producer, making everything's happen, happening for us. We've got stuff to give away today. We've got some good news to share. We have some not so great news to share. But we're here to share it with you. And so thank you for tuning in to the Bottom Line Show today. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about preborn over the past several months. And every time a story regarding the sanctity of human life uh, kind of rears its ugly head, um, if it's positive, we love to share it. If it's negative, we don't always share it, <laughs> but we do anyway. I, I want to share with you a story that I received last week. It's out of uh, Seattle, Washington, and it involves a guy by the name of David Delighton. You you may have heard of that name before. David Delighton is the guy who about seven and a half years ago just sh- shook the world of media and the sanctity of life movement when as a young graduate student, he joined forces with a woman called Sandra Barrett, who was a former school teacher, and another guy named Troy Newman, who you may know of. Troy is the uh, uh, current president of Operation Rescue. He took over that group from Randall Terry, and uh, Troy does a fantastic job. They formed a group called the Center for Medical Progress. They took on uh, assumed names. They set up a doing business as a DBA, got the business license, the whole shot. They created personas for the members of the team. They set up a website, they set up social media profiles, and they started out into the abortion industry basically saying, look, I, I remember asking David Delighton this question, how did you get access to these people so quickly? And he said, basically, you really only had to answer two questions. The first question was, do you support abortion and abortion rights? All we had to do was tell them yes. We didn't, in actual fact, but we told them we did. The second part of the equation is, do you want to make money? That was the question that David Delighton asked the head of the Planned Parenthood and National Abortion Rights League, etc. And it's amazing how much access they got with a couple of GoPro cameras, a couple of hidden microphones, and they got lots of access at abortion conventions. They were having lunch with top bigwigs at Planned Parenthood and whatnot, and they discovered the seedy underbelly of the abortion industry that we always suspected was there. We just didn't know how big it was. The idea that the abortion industry will say, we're, we don't do that much with abortions, and you know, really that's only 3% of our business, and we're all about contraception and family planning and medical care, medical care, medical care. The actual fact is, though Planned Parenthood will say that they, have, they perform only 3% of their clients come to Planned Parenthood for abortion, the way they count their clients is somewhat nebulous. If a woman comes to Planned Parenthood for a pap smear, pelvic exam, pregnancy test, and contraception, birth control pills, they will count every one of those as a separate office visit, and they'll give her a year's supply of abortion pills, or birth control pills, and then count each month as a separate visit. So everything I just described, that woman technically counts as 18 different clients. Can you see how easy... And a woman who comes in for an abortion 
who has a consultation, and then if she's doing a medical abortion, then comes in for a second time to take the pill, comes in the third time to take the second pill, and then comes in the fourth time to make sure that everything worked the way they thought it would, that woman counts as one patient. So the math is a little fuzzy. The amount of money that they make, also fuzzy. And then what David Daleiden and his crew found out was that not only do they make money getting reimbursed by the federal government or charging women for abortions, but then once the child is aborted, the baby's organs are harvested and sold to the highest bidder. And there's a black market for selling this fetal tissue to uh, hospitals and the like. So... David DeLayden and his attorneys filed a lawsuit against the University of Washington over David DeLayden's public records requests for documents related to the University of Washington's National Clearinghouse for the fetal tissues and organs of aborted babies. The federal district court allowed the settlement, clearing the way to end a six-year legal battle that included three appeals to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The lawsuit was originally brought by an anonymous group of abortion and aborted fetal tissue workers in August 2016 in response to Delighton's Feb 2016 request for documents about their taxpayer-funded programs at the University of Washington. University of Washington, State University, your tax dollars and mine go to keeping that university going. In the settlement, David Delighton did secure an agreement to obtain significant additional public documents relating to the University of Washington's purchase, processing, and sale of baby organs and tissue from aborted human fetuses. David Delighton also had sought to have job titles unredacted in the records, and the settlement agreed provided for those job titles. Uh, Their lawyers also secured a $30,000 payment for attorney's fees from the university pursuant to a cross-claim against the university for violations of the Washington Public Records Act. According to David Daleiden's legal team, quote, there is no abortion exception to our nation's public records laws, and the people have a right to know how their government is run. We are pleased to about the successful resolution of this lawsuit by settlement. That settlement secured attorney's fees from the University of Washington and nearly everything that David DeLayden was seeking from the UW. Thousands of pages of new documents on the buying and selling of aborted fetal tissue trafficking, including job titles and all non-personal information. These are public records of a taxpayer-funded program, and this settlement secures Mr. DeLayden's rights to the documents that he needs as a citizen journalist. Whew! How many years? Six years? How many different lawsuits? All finding against David Daleiden. His simple request was, because this is a public university and because this has become a clearinghouse for fetal tissue, we the people would like to see the records. We the people would like to see which high up officials have been involved in this. We the people have a right to know because our tax dollars are paying your salaries. The settlement dictates that the University of Washington will provide numerous documents and records relating to agreements between the university's medical and research programs and Planned Parenthood or any other abortion provider during that specified time frame. The settlement also requires the release of communications and manuals dealing with policies or procedures and any records dealing with the acquisition or use of human fetal tissue human fetal organs, human fetal cell products, human fetal placentia, and or other human products of conception from induced abortions, and that along with subsequent research, financial records, 
contracts, grant applications, correspondence, and reports. Um, this is great news. We've got a link for this up at thebottomlineshow.com. Remember that term, haven't heard it or used it in a while, products of human conception. That's the left trying to change the language in the conversation to try to gaslight, if you will, people in the uh, pro-life community. Oh, that's not a baby. That's product of human conception. That's not a heartbeat. That's cardiac activity. This is huge. And David Delighton gets a huge gold star from us here at the Bottom Line Show for continuing to fight. Of course, part of the reason he's fighting for his, his political life as well as his financial life is he's facing nearly $3 million in legal fines and fees because of unjust rulings from the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals about him somehow when he overturned the big story about the, the buying and selling of baby body parts, which is illegal, it's been illegal for years. Uh, instead, Planned Parenthood has gotten attorneys to turn the tables on David Daleiden and say, oh, now wait a minute, he obtained these videos illegally. He edited them illegally. He distributed them illegally. Man, oh man. What a crazy world. What a world, what a world. <laughs> As one famous iconic character would say in a movie. I want to remind you of a couple of opportunities you have to advance this cause. First of all, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, they recently filed a lawsuit against uh, the federal, uh, the Food and Drug Administration and the Biden administration with regard to the use of the medical abortion medications that have never been fully tested for the purpose of aborting children. It's something doctors have tried and found out that it works, and so they just prescribe them like it's no big deal. Massive lawsuit filed by the AD Alliance Defending Freedom a couple weeks ago, and you can help them do the work that they are called to do in this area. Alliance Defending Freedom is the world's largest legal organization committed to protecting religious freedom, marriage and family, and the rights of the sanctity of life. They are a nonprofit, and they depend on your generous support to promote freedom and defend their clients in court for free. Your donation to Alliance Defending Freedom today is fully tax deductible. A generous gift of $100 or more will help them win and prevail in this case. And when I say prevail, Alliance Defending Freedom has 14 victories in the Supreme Court since 2011. They're winning about one case per year on average. And this is the kind of thing where you say, okay, well, what about this case? What happens when you find out that your daughter or granddaughter was prescribed these medications, she was trying to have an abortion, didn't want anyone in the family to know about it, and it winds up costing not only the life of the baby, but it costs her life as well. Now it's hitting you right between the eyes. Now it's hitting you right where you live. Maybe it has already. This is the kind of cause you want to support. You look at the work of guys like David Daleiden and say, good for you, David. Look at the work of Alliance Defending Freedom, and they are trying to bring the government into order, into accountability. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net right now. Make a donation tax-free, uh, well, tax-deductible, I should say, now before the end of the year. CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 877-367-6461 to make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom today. Hey, let's take a quick break and when we come back, why is it that so many people have such a difficult time, especially guys, standing up for what's right in a culture that is decidedly moving in the wrong direction? As we continue, uh, Josh Smith is going to join me for a conversation about 10 principles he's found for godly masculinity in the book of Titus. Let's look at the Titus 10 coming up next as the bottom line continues. 
You never know what little thing you can do for someone that can make a change in their life. Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover has a servant's heart. She will do everything in her power to fully restore you to what your life was like before your injury, using her 25 years of experience to fight for the fair value of your case. Stephanie puts others first and works tirelessly for her clients. Even when she can't help through representation, she does everything she can do to connect people with the help they need through spreading the word of God and sharing her community. Stephanie Cover is grateful for what she has and tries to give back however she can. She believes that as a Christian, you don't turn your back on anyone. Save her number or call now, 877-214-4935, 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Law. Stephanie Cover. she knows the other side. Well, today on the bottom line, we're going to get after a, a topic of conversation that is... It's almost become taboo in the culture. What does it mean to be a godly man? What does it mean to be a, a healthy man, a non-toxic man in the first place? It just seems like the culture wants to paint a broad stroke and say any kind of masculinity isn't helpful. And then we see example after example of places where it's not. But what can we in the body of Christ learn from Scripture about a foundation for godly manhood? Well, today on the Bottom Line Show, we're going to get into that with uh, Josh Smith, who's senior pastor of Prince Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, he and his wife, Andrea, have four daughters and one son, and he's the author of the book Preaching for a Verdict and co-author of the Psalm 1 through 50 volume of the Christ-Centered Exposition series. He's the author of a brand new book here, Topic of Conversation Today, called The Titus Ten Foundations for Godly Manhood. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Josh Smith, welcome to The Bottom Line. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have a conversation. Well, I should say J. Josh Smith, because that, that's how it's built on the book. I mean, is Josh okay, or do we need to put the Josh is there? okay. There's just a okay. lot of Josh Smiths out there. Right? Isn't that the, that's crazy when you think about the number of people? I was pleasantly surprised finding there aren't a whole lot of Roger Marshes when you Google <laughs> just some some guy who writes about UFOs and a classical composer. But I mean, Josh is probably a, a lot tougher. Uh, let's talk about Titus, for example. I, I, Stuart Britt would say Titus is probably part of the cleaner pages of most people's New Testament. Uh, what is it about this? Uh, especially now. I mean, this topic, this, this part of scripture, this, uh, this season of life that uh, sure. drew you to it, Josh. Yeah. If you have a new Bible and the pages are still sticking together, you might miss Titus if you're turning the pages up. <laughs> right. 46 yeah. verses. Um, but to be honest with you, the story is I, I became a senior pastor at a fairly young age. My first church, I had still some charter members left, some guys who founded the church and they were good, godly, faithful men. They loved the church. They loved Jesus and they were dying. I was doing their funerals. And I didn't see another group of men like them being raised up. And so I just began to pray, Lord, how do I, how do I raise up some more men like this? And the Lord led me to the book of Titus. I just started reading, 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 immersing myself in it and realized this is a book that has a lot to say to the church, but specifically a lot to say about manhood. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that. that. I mean, there are a lot of people, to be honest with you, Matt Walsh is getting a lot of uh, headlines with his uh, video that he produced earlier this year. There was the big you know, discussion about, well, what exactly is a woman and all the conversation about transgenderism and everything. But I would be willing to wager, though I'm not a gambling guy, um, that if you went into most churches and you talked about manhood, you would either get some blank stares or you get some really interesting responses here, too. How, how, do, how are we defining manhood for the purposes here of saying, this is what God's word says, but the culture, it might sound kind of foreign to them. 
No, you're exactly right. And it's interesting, even as I was writing this book, I mean, this is stuff I've taught for in the local church for 15 years, but just began to put it on paper a couple of years ago. And as I did, I felt myself keep wanting to write little disclaimers, but to the women, I want to say this and to this. And then I decided I just can't do that. I, I have right. to just speak here to men. And one of the things I say, I have four daughters. I have one son, but I have four daughters. I'm writing a book for men because my daughters need godly men. Yes. And, you know, I begin the book by talking about the idea of dominion. And I go back to Genesis one and two, because if you can understand Genesis one through three, you can get the rest of the Bible. But if you miss that, you won't get anything. And that's where our problem lies. I mean, we we have missed the gender, uh, the marriage, all of the stuff in Genesis 1 and 2 that we desperately need to know. So I just go back to the beginning and say, there's a difference in men and women. And God's creative design is good. It's a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have the right to change it. And even when you talk about a topic like dominion, the truth is when I talk about dominion, what I mean is a man working and keeping. The way I say it is this, if a man is walking in dominion, Every area of his life is better because he's there. His home is better when he's home. His workplace is better when he's there. And when you understand this, not as domineering, but as serving, sweating, working hard, um, women are looking for men like this. Yeah, they really are. It's interesting as the, uh, my wife and I have a blended family. So we have four daughters and two sons and the guys in particular, I mean, are really wrestling with this right now, late twenties, yeah. early thirties. And they're wrestling with it, not because they didn't see an example of this growing up, but they don't see it anywhere else. And yeah. I, and I think that's a, even, and we're talking about, you know, church going <laughs> guys who right. have relationships with the Lord and they're not seeing it. Uh, Josh Smith is my guest today here on the bottom line. The book is called the Titus 10 foundations for godly manhood we have a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com i'm glad you delineated between dominion and domination because i think a lot of people when they hear that term they think oh here come the guys again and they're supposed to be in charge of all this type of stuff but it really is a servant leadership i mean to the to the nth degree and it really does it, it kind of moves on from there let's just kind of do an overview kind of a, a flyover if you will of, of some of the 10 here and, and dig down and help us uh uh, get an idea of what we're talking about. One of the big things I, I appreciate the chapter you had on identity, because mm. I see so many young men, especially who are all tatted up or they're bulked up or they're, you know, they're trying to do whatever. And they're trying to use external things to establish an internal identity. Talk about what Titus teaches. Oh, that's huge. That. Uh, you know, I, I, so I start with, with um, dominion and talk about what that really means and then go to the gospel because the gospel of Jesus Christ helped uh, helps put our broken manhood back together. And then I go immediately to this idea of identity. And when I do a men's retreat, which I did just last weekend, I usually just tell the host, hey, pick any of these you want to do, but I want to do identity among all of hmm. them. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Men don't know who they are and older men don't know who they are. And one of the things I see a lot, particularly in older men, is they confuse their identity with their assignment. And I have two hmm. chapters on this, one in identity, one in assignment. If your assignment becomes your identity, and you lose your assignment, you don't know who you are. This right. is why when a guy gets let go of his job at 60 years old, he doesn't know who mm -hmm. he is anymore. Mm -hmm. And so trying to help guys establish what I like to call is a solid identity. Just, I know who I am and I'm confident in it. You know, I, I think one of the most helpful pictures for men, and it's true for ladies too, but there's this beautiful picture in the baptism of Jesus, when the father opens up heaven and says verbally so that everyone can hear, that is my beloved son right there in whom I'm well pleased. Yes, and what yes. God the Father says, hey, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that you're mine. Yeah. Every child needs to hear that from their dad. Yeah. And when they yeah. don't, 
they don't begin life with any identity and then they run to a thousand other things to try to find it. Mm. I had a really close relationship, working relationship with a dear friend of mine whose dad passed away when he was very young. Dad was in his early 40s and had a, an issue with heart disease. Mm. And I remember having that conversation with him about, you know, what were the things your dad kind of instilled into you and this, that, and the other thing. He said, well, I don't, I don't remember. You know, I mean, I, I mm. you know, did you have that moment? Because I could tell you exactly the day and time and the hour to the second when my dad told me I had what it takes to be a man. I'll oh, never Lord. forget that. I'm just tearing up that. And I was in my 40s, but I'm glad I got it. You know, uh, it was not something I was looking for, but I got it. And I, he said, oh, no, it's not that big a deal. But then I watched him struggle in relationship with his own sons. And, you know, I'd have interpersonal things. And I, I wondered, we haven't had a conversation in many years, but I wonder, you know, well, what is it about that? I mean, the, the idea that you've got guys who are human doings, not human beings, they're working mm. like crazy, trying to, you know, make a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then they get those two confused. You help us understand the difference. And I, I kind of roll into the authority part of the, the program too, where a lot of guys are just relinquishing their God-given responsibility to have an authority. Talk about sure. that. Sure. Well, another dominion and authority are both of those chapters. Whenever I talk about it, I feel like I'm looking over my shoulder, making sure no woman is hearing me and going to come after me. <laughs> no shoe <laughs> comes flying out of the back. Right? That's yeah. the culture we live in, right? So yeah, yeah. I do, I, you know, I worry about that, but, but then I think when I flesh it out and they understand what I mean, then every woman that's ever heard this. And I did a radio interview with a lady yesterday who read the book cover to cover. And she goes, I want this kind of man. This is what I'm looking mm, for. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, what I mean by the authority is looking at this little passage in Matthew 8 when Jesus says that he is a man under authority and he's a man with authority. So if a man tries to walk in authority, but he's not walking under authority, then he always abuses his authority. So the first thing a man has to do is get under authority. What that means is this. I, I'm under the authority of Jesus Christ. Like I, I, I am doing what he has called me to do. And the only authority I can express is the one that has been given to me. So that means this starts with humility. This starts with me getting on my knees before I ever take a stand. So I, I talk about two postures every man needs to be in, on his knees, humble before God and standing, doing what God has called him to do, walking in authority. But it starts with humility. Lord, okay, if you have, if you have given me these children, um, then I have the responsibility to parent them. That's what I mean by authority. Like I, I have to parent them. I can't just let them parent themselves. Uh, if God, you've put me in a church, I've got to, I've got to do what I need to do in that church to serve and to love and to help and to work. And so I, I just want to call men into being faithful in the areas that God has assigned to them. Well, this is powerful. Uh, great work from Pastor Josh Smith today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about his brand new book called The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood. You will read this book cover to cover when you pick up a copy. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about mission. We're going to talk about how we're making the right investments and, and, and talk about something that is a huge issue in the culture right now, and that is just character. Who has it? Who doesn't? why it's so important to have the right godly character as opposed to what the world says about character. More of my conversation with Pastor Josh Smith in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones 
Establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080. 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Josh Smith is my guest today here on the program. We're talking about the Titus 10 Foundations for Godly Manhood. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have a copy of the book to give away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, Josh Smith, is. Uh, we've got a link for his book, The Titus 10, up at thebottomlineshow.com. And this is the kind of book that I realize we're after Christmas now, would have made a great Christmas present, still makes a good gift, especially for a young man who has a couple things going for him and against him. Number one, the culture's telling him that masculinity is toxic. And as a result, um, you know, that anything you want to do to be a godly man in the culture isn't right. None of us, is, none of us guys is naturally a good and godly man. It's something we have to learn. And in this case, Paul and Titus had a mentor-mentee relationship. It's a very brief letter. I mean, 10 qualities in 34 verses. Paul was not mincing words. He must have known that Titus wasn't much of a reader. (laughs) Anyway, the idea, though, when you're talking about character, you're talking about uh, understanding the gospel, what it means to be a man in modern culture. These are things that are best instructed to a young man by an older guy. So if you don't have that mentor in your life, let Josh Smith show you and introduce you to the concept of mentoring uh, in the relationship of the Apostle Paul and his mentee, Titus. Again, the book, The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And we have a copy of the book to give away. We're giving it away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Kind of a fun day today here on this final Tuesday of 2022. We're taking a look at godly masculinity. And coming up in our final half hour of the program today, we're going to take a look at godly femininity as well. <laughs> femininity, I could say that. Rolls right off the tongue with Allie Marie Smith. So regardless of how old you are, obviously for men and for women, there are some uh, realities and some truths found in God's word that we can meditate on, we could ruminate on, and we could dwell on them and put them into practice. Right now we're focusing on Josh Smith's book, The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with pastor and author Josh Smith in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Keep it right here. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account. 
in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Josh Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, Pastor Josh Smith, Senior Pastor at Prince Avenue Baptist Church and the author of a brand new book called The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood, which we have a link for up at thebottomlineshow.com. Josh, before the break, I was talking about the issue of character. This is a conversation that all the Crawford Broadcasting hosts have, which is we look at the political landscape, for example, and we ask the question, why does it seem like more and more political candidates are kind of slimy, you know, or just, you know, they'll say anything to get elected and then they don't really have any kind of character. Where is the godly leadership? We hear about pastors falling and, you know, maybe teachers, educators, businessmen. Talk about why character is so important and what does Titus teach us about getting it? Because I, I know a lot of guys either think they have it or they want to have it, but they really don't get what character means in God's economy. Yeah, Titus 1 is a masterclass in this. I mean, the whole context of the book of Titus is uh, Paul stops in Crete. He finds this dysfunctional church. And the reason it's dysfunctional is because there's a group of men called they're called rebellious men who are um, ravaging the church because they're teaching false doctrine. And the result is it says that they're tearing families apart. So you have a church that's being destroyed by the wrong kind of men without character. And then Paul leaves Titus there and says, Titus, the reason I left you in Crete is to put this thing in order. Well, how do you take something like this and put it in order? And then he says this, find men, find elders and put them in place. Well, what kind of men am I looking for? And then it gives this list of character qualities. So I just even think from there without diving into the specific character qualities, which I do in the book, you just see that a, a, a organization, a family, a church led by men without character is going to suffer. So is a nation. And the solution to that is find men of good character and put them in charge. It is absolutely essential to have the right men in positions of leadership that have character. And that's what Titus teaches us. I love that. And the idea that there are men who are looking for this, <laughs> the solution sounds so very simple. Find men of character. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that, that's what you do. But I, I, how often do we look for men of influence? We um, I've gotten mm. to know Daryl Strawberry, the former baseball player over the years. Yeah. That, you know, remember he you know fa famously became a Christian and then all of a sudden had problems with drugs. And it's like, why do we take what scripture tells us not to do, which is that brand new believer and put him out there in the spotlight or old Joe, you know, has a successful business. So let's put him in charge of the finan finance committee. You know I mean? It just, it, it doesn't really help us cultivate the kind of relationships that God is looking for, uh, you know, and, and the kind of attributes that people yeah. have. You have a chapter in this book, Josh, on doctrine. And I know that kind of makes some people, run for the hills, you know, when they hear about that, because it's like, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't need these doctrinal type of things, you know, yeah. talk about what what the doctrine is and why it's so important for us to understand that. Oh, one of my goals in this book is to stir up inside men a passion for truth and to really know the word. I mean, Roger, we have to agree. We live in a complicated time. 
I mean, yeah. trying to figure out everything with gender and marriage, uh, we don't have room anymore for men who can't articulate the truth. Mm-hmm. And for too long, the men in the church have been kind of sitting on the sidelines while women have done Bible study after Bible study right. after Bible study. And our men need to be knowing the truth. And a big thing in the book of Titus in that context was the church was being torn apart because of false teaching. Mm-hmm. And so there had to be right teachers to come in and rebuke, it says, rebuke these men sharply, teach these things with all authority, let no one disregard you. And so a church, a family is held together by the truth. Yeah. And it's just sad to me that we have churches filled with women who can articulate the truth, but men who can't. Right. And, right. you know, we've got to call men to say, men, let's let's take some time here and, and go a little bit deeper. Let's think carefully about the word of God and know the truth. I'm talking with Pastor Josh Smith today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is called The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood. And we have a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, there are a lot of people who would look at a book like this and say, okay, I appreciate everything you're saying. But once you get to mission that's when I lose the spiritual part. And the reason for that is because a lot of people, let's face it, we're selfish. We like what we like. We want what we want. And oftentimes we spend hours in prayer trying to get God to deify and sanctify the things that we wanted to, instead of being led by the mission that he has called us to help us understand and how you teach guys to understand the difference between that godly passion that he puts in our heart and stirs the flame up and that, but I really want this passion that often drives a lot of guys. <laughs> Sure. Well, one of the things I say is, is mission is in every man's DNA. Every man longs for a battle and a fight and a war and a something. It's in our DNA. We, we are created to advance, to take new territory, all of the kind of thing. I just think what God wants to do with our manhood is take that innate desire and to redeem it uh, and to call us to give ourselves for something that matters more. One of my favorite things to do, we take guys on a lot of short-term mission trips. And I, you know, I can talk about mission all day, but when I can get a guy, we just had 10 guys get back from our church trekking through the Himalayas mm. uh, to get to an unreached people group. And you want to talk about life changing. They trek for three days. They ride a truck for 12 hours. They take three flights, man, it'll revolutionize guys life. And so yeah. what we're trying to get guys to say is you were created for a mission. Let's just kind of hone that into the right direction, get you on mission with God. And that once you have that mission for God, Another attribute that you write about, and I'll use myself as an example, hopefully is a good one too. Lisa and I have been married for three years now, and we both came out of failed marriages before that were uh, biblical divorces, unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time. And as we got into our new relationship and have been blending our families, it's been interesting to me how I have been able to see how when she sees a godly zeal in me, you know, I'm on mission, I'm on task, I'm you know, everything that you're kind of lining up here, and then sees that zeal. It yeah. just lights up her world, it lights up our marriage. And I get the sense that the church benefits, families benefit, whatever, when the zeal of the Lord is accomplishing his will through our lives. Talk about that. Yeah, that's right. I have a whole chapter here on zeal, and I it's a big thing in Titus, and uh, God desires a people who are zealous for good works. I read a lot. I'm not sure I know of another chapter on zeal, but yet it's a very good godly character quality. Zeal is really the combination of three things. It is the truth of God's word in our minds, uh, the fire for passion in our heart, and then action. It's truth, it's heart, passion, and it's action. When those three come together, you have zeal. So that's what you see when Jesus overturns the table. Uh, Zeal for house Mm -hmm. consumed him. And so I want men who know what's right, they're passionate about it, and then they do something. Passivity kills manhood. So let's do something about it. And that's what I mean by godly zeal. 
Yeah, and it, it, it was absolutely the probably the best example of a godly zeal, zeal to see Jesus overturning the table because he's in the temple. He's looking at the you know, the Jewish culture, you know, just turning into a marketplace and saying, wait, this is, are you kidding? This is a house of prayer. You know, so it's, it's not like Jesus just went over to Chipotle and saw some people talking about porn or something and said, right. I'm going to knock your table over. I mean, there's definitely a godly purpose and, and a righteous indignation. Yeah. Um, the book by Josh Smith is called The Titus 10 Foundations for Godly Manhood. We have a link for it up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Josh, we have a couple minutes left, and I know that there are some folks who are listening to our conversation right now who are saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I, I want to mm. do this. But there's that kind of go it alone, stoic, you know, do this individually type of thing. And I know that you read this, you wrote this book, obviously, to be read by people individually. But uh, what kind of group applications are available through this Titus 10? Well, Proverbs says, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire and goes against all sound wisdom. In other words, what that means is isolating yourself is really dumb. And uh, men are cultivated in the context of community. And I'm not talking about everybody get together, spill their guts, keep accountable. I, that comes in time. I'm talking about guys intentionally getting together for the purpose of trying to learn how to become a better man. That's what I'm talking about. So I think one of the ways this is best done is in the context of multi-generational relationships. Yeah. Young men in the church need older men. And yet older men most often don't think anybody wants to hear what they have to say. But what right. I want to say to you is this. I've got hundreds of college students in my church and hundreds of senior adults. They need each other. And when they get together, they love each other. So mm. my encouragement would be find some guys and get them together, uh, read a chapter a week, and then just get together and discuss it. There's discussion questions in the back, but these multi-generational relationships are really significant. And so I want to say to the older men listening, the church needs you, young men need you. And to the young men listening, find an older guy, invite him to lunch um and start cultivating these kind of relationships and just pursue manhood yeah and i love that the, the idea of the mentoring uh, yeah. it used to be something that was kind of woven into the fabric of culture i don't want to say it was easier to do when you and i were growing up but I, it was more available more accessible and i think modeled more and now we have to be really intentional about it so if you are uh, listening to this conversation in the position of a lay leader or someone who's not i mean someone who's just saying hey i want to connect um, this is a great resource, and this is a great uh, exhortation from Pastor Josh Smith. The book is called The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Josh, thank you for your uh, your enthusiasm, your zeal. I mean, everything that you wrote about, you're actually modeling here, and I appreciate mm -hmm. that so much. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Oh, thank you so much. It was a joy. I really appreciate it. Well, these are so helpful, so practical. And you know, if you're looking to do a Bible study can you imagine doing 10 weeks on 34 verses? This is the perfect Bible study, especially for young adult men. Uh, Josh Smith's been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Titus 10, Foundations for Godly Manhood. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Got a copy of the book that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. By the way, if you're wondering what those uh, Titus 10 are, dominion, gospel, identity, assignments, authority, character, doctrine, mission, zeal, and investments. And then the final word is one that uh, I think is one we want to unpack a little bit. So we'll take a quick break here and come back with more about the Titus 10 in just a moment. By the way, still taking your calls till the top of the hour to win a copy of this book. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through 
to the bottom line. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. My thanks again to Josh Smith for joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about the Titus 10, the 10 foundations for godly manhood that are found in the book of Titus, all 34 verses, all 10 disciplines. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's interesting uh, when we think about all these different attributes of godly masculinity, and oftentimes we think in terms of uh, what does it mean to be a godly man? What does it mean to be a, uh, uh, you know, a man of integrity? And why is it that uh, it seems like so many guys who go into ministry wind up uh, you know, falling short? Um, cautionary tale, uh, for, especially for those in Arvada um, who are KLDC or KLTT listeners, um, involving a guy who had something of a uh, relationship with the Lord and in the ministry, and also had a bit of a, uh, uh, what, what, what's the, uh, thirsty streak, if you will. Um, a guy by the name of Dave, uh, Tilo David Lopez has been arrested. He had been uh, arrested on an at-large warrant following an investigation that was launched after a complaint about his company. Now, what's interesting about this story is this is a guy who was a roofing contractor, but he was also an ordained minister, or so we were led to believe. And he actually had a history of working on television as a pastor, if you will, on a reality TV show. Now, are you familiar with the TV show called Preacher's Daughters? I have to admit, um, you know, once the reality show bug really started to take off, I lost track. I think what was Survivor was kind of the first really big one, what, almost 30 years ago. And then you got into the, the other ones and, and they just, you know, The Bachelor and Big Brother and stuff like that. Reality TV, I mean, just in case you were wondering, not that you care, but I'll share it with you anyway. Reality TV really became popular during what was a Writers Guild strike in the television industry. The Writers Guild of America were going on strike. The Directors Guild were threatening to go on strike as well. And it left the television industry with a gaping hole. How do we create new programming and keep the uh, people watching back when terrestrial television was still, you know, appointment TV. Hey, it's Monday night at 9 o'clock on Fox Network. I'm going to watch 24, right? I mean, that, that type of stuff. 
there are still people, mostly in older demographics, that watch TV that way. But there are those who are younger who watch it in what we call on-demand world, right? Where you get Netflix or Hulu or PureFlix or something like that. You can get an entire series and you can line it all up and you can watch it in an evening. You can watch it in a weekend if you want to. Uh, they'll tell you when the, the new episode season releases and then all the episodes are available. Which is kind of nice if you like to watch it that way, but it kind of stinks. I mean, I remember back in the day um, that it was kind of fun actually to say, hey, it's Tuesday night, what's on? You know, Sometimes there's, I, my mom and dad, 89 years young, still love the TV show 60 Minutes on CBS. Sunday night at 7 p.m. since Noah sailed the ark, I think. It, it's been on forever, seemingly. If I call my parents on Sunday, I have to do it around noon, maybe around one or two. If I call them in the early afternoon, they take dinner around 5 p.m., I'm going to get a very truncated conversation with mom and dad. And the reason is 60 Minutes is on at 7 and they don't want to miss it. <laughs> so that's what I make sure that if I'm going to call, we, we talk earlier in the day. They, they like that appointment television. But with the advent of the uh, store and forward, if you will, the uh, recording uh, opportunities that cable provides and now the streaming services that just make it available on demand, people can watch whatever they want to. So apparently in 2013 through 2015, the Lifetime Television Network hosted a reality show called Preacher's Daughters, where they had young ladies um, who were, you know, obviously, the, oh, my dad's a pastor, but... You know, and then they always have, they they scandally clad the women. They're doing things that girls shouldn't be doing if they're pastors' daughters. Apparently, it, it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's a little insulting to people in the body of Christ, quite frankly, because we know that yeah, there are lots of kids who go to youth group on Sunday and on Saturday night they're out, you know, needing repentance. But the gratuitous nature of it, well, they're called a preacher's daughter, but you know how wild they can be. Well, apparently, this guy Tila Lopez was one of the guys who appeared on the show. Evidently, he um, uh, appeared at, and was serving in pastoral ministry at the time this all happened. But like a lot of people who work in pastoral ministry, apparently he also had a, uh, uh, a business that you know, was kind of Paul had his tent-making business. In this case, uh, Tilo Lopez uh, was a roofing contractor. So um, he basically... Uh, was arrested for using his contracting company to commit elder fraud. Two victims, a husband and wife who owned a restaurant in Denver, claimed to have known Mr. Lopez for many years. During that time, he gained their trust. He presented themselves as a general contractor, and they solicited his services to do some remodeling of their retirement home. He was also a pastor. I said roofing. He handled a, a variety of different general contracting. Um, the victims were in their 70s at the time this all happened, and they took out a loan based on his professional recommendation and the estimates to complete the project. They used the loan to pay him so that he could then buy the materials, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, you know, get the work done. Once the money was all spent, Mr. Lopez did not complete the work. He also, when they asked him for receipts to show where the money had gone, um, he did not have any receipts. Apparently, according to the arrest warrant, Mr. Lopez transferred a significant portion of the funds to his personal account and spent the money on private projects. He spent it on unauthorized expenses, um, like designer clothing, glamorous trips, and even massages. 
Now, this is a guy who uh, basically showed up on the last year of Preacher's Daughters. During 2015, he appeared as the leader of a mission that was uh, basically uh, the base for the season's episodes. Uh, they were in Cabo San Lucas, and so you know, let's get the Preacher's Daughters in skimpy bikinis while these people are supposed to be doing mission work. Evidently, the amount of money that he bilked this couple out of, $250,000. Now, it's bad enough that a guy who claimed to be a pastor uh, charged these people $250,000 to uh, do a renovation job that he didn't finish and had no explanation for. Full disclosure, years ago, maybe 20 years ago, uh, I undertook a, a project with a builder like that who was a he was a painter by trade a really good painter he passed himself off as a general contractor he did some really good work at my condo he did some really lousy work at my condo he started a bathroom project he couldn't finish and he disappeared we never saw him again so we hired another guy to come in and do the bathroom and unfortunately he received his all the rest of his pay before he finished the last part of the bathroom and then he left town so i have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to general contractors but this is just unforgivable. Um, but what makes this situation, I think, worse is the fact that this is a guy who apparently pastored the Forge Denver Church Arvada, which opened in January 2019. And wouldn't you know it, they're currently in a delinquent status as far as rent and other issues go. Now, he also has nonprofit organizations registered to his name, the Numos Christian Center, Numos Ministries, also delinquent in bills and behind in different pavements. Mission Team Impact, which lo- lists its lo- as wife as the uh, uh, good standing, is actually in uh, good standing there. The Denver DA's office is seeking more information about potential victims of Lopez and the organization Remodeling Specialists, LLC. He's been charged with two other felony counts, including uh, commercial or criminal exploitation of an at-risk adult. What makes this even worse is by using different names and playing the game the way he does, um, court records show that Mr. Lopez has had at least seven separate judgments against him from the years 1994 to 2007. They're all small judgments compared to 250 grand. They start at $100 and they go all the way up to 2000. But a judgment, of course, is a financial obligation that you have where you owe somebody money and the court finds in favor of the other party. And if you don't pay the money, a judgment goes on your personal record. It's interesting because when you see this taking place and this going down, you look about look at the integrity issue and ask the question, man, somebody needs to get Pastor Lopez a copy of the Titus 10 and quick. For 30 years, he's been running this game. Bilking clients, pretending to be a man of God, running churches on the side. It's just, it's not good. But there's a lesson we can learn from this and I want to walk through what I think is going to be a helpful lesson with regard to the Titus 10 and being a man of integrity. Let's talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to today's edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and good to have you along here on the final Tuesday of 2022 as we've been taking a look at this case here in Arvada. Tilo David Lopez, who had been at large for uh, 14 
month-long investigation, this is a guy who basically was using a contracting company to commit elder fraud. And I was talking about Josh Smith earlier in the book that uh, we talked to Josh about the Titus 10, which we're giving away right now, still 800-227-5278. These foundations for godly manhood are so practical, and they certainly apply here. Godly manhood, let alone for men who are called into ministry, as this pastor allegedly was. The Titus 10, just for quick reference, uh, dominion, gospel, identity, assignments, authority, character, doctrine, mission, zeal, investments, and then finally direction. And if you uh, are, if you're training up someone for ministry, if there's a young man in your world that is at that point where you you want to provide that kind of leadership, um, this is a great resource. And we've got a copy that we're giving away right now, Josh Smith's book, The Titus Ten Foundations for Godly Manhood, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. For the past uh, couple hours here, actually for the past couple of days, we know our friends in uh, in Buffalo area have been really under siege. And this morning I was texting with Neil Boron, who's my colleague on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, and he's the host of Neil Boron Live on our sister station, WDCX in Buffalo. And I, I would have had Neil on the program today here, he says, but electricity is just crazy, you know, it's hard to get a hold of of the roads have been cleared well I'll just read you our little thread he's at home and uh basically I, I wrote to him good morning how are you guys holding up and he wrote back well we're alive but in survival mode no power there's a ban on driving I can't get to the station it's crazy I'm happy to be alive and I thought wow I mean that's what a what a powerful statement then he sent me a picture of their neighborhood with all the homes literally just frozen over and uh it, it's just incredible and then then he sent uh, a couple of uh, videos of his son, Ben, kind of messing around in the snow. And uh, then he showed another street where you literally can't get down the street because there was so much snow. The cars are all kind of frozen in place. And I, I, it just made me realize how grateful we are to have the life that we do here in Southern California, where the Bottom Line Show originates. But also just a reminder of how important it is to make sure you've got provisions for bad weather. I know we've got rain this week and, you know, it, it is what it is. But also just in terms of provisions, too, when you think about the work that's being done right now, Neil's wife, Mary, is a nurse who works at a pregnancy resource center. And her work in Pregnancy Health Center has saved hundreds of lives. And she can't get to work right now. And there are women who are in desperate situations who might be resorting to pills and medication, this, that, and the other thing. That's why I want to wrap up this half hour by encouraging you to make a donation to Preborn because the ultrasound technology that Preborn has in areas where women can see the ultrasound. I think about the woman who might have gotten an ultrasound before the this bomb cyclone hit in Buffalo, New York. And made a good decision to keep her child as opposed to someone who's wondering whether or not you know she should keep the kid and short of getting uh the pregnancy ultrasound that she needs um winds up getting a pill or two and taking the baby's life 28 dollars saves one baby's life 280 saves 10 and that's because they can provide ultrasounds and 83 percent of the women who get ultrasounds through preborn wind up keeping their child or releasing that child for adoption 833-850-BABY is the number to call 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com click the preborn banner we got two little babies wrapped up there now in swaddling cloths uh, and it's a, just a great resource but i encourage you th- pray for our brothers and sisters in buffalo but also um, make a donation to preborn here at the end of the year it's tax deductible and every penny goes to ultrasounds that save babies lives
For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And we've got uh, Rabbi Schneider coming up next. For those who remain on the network and encore of a conversation I had earlier this year with Allie Marie Smith talking about being wonderfully made in the image of God. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, today on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a, a, a step back from the mainstream type of uh, things that we talk about and talk about something that I think doesn't get enough press in the church, but I think it will probably be getting more and more as people just start to open up and say, hey, you know what, let's let's acknowledge the fact that there are some circumstances in the body of Christ that are heart's desires, like wanting to be known by God, you know, to, to, to understand that we have value and we have worth in our lives. And at the same time, we also come at it from the position of, you know, not all of us have a perfect story, a perfect backstory. And uh, uh, my guest today is a young woman who is, uh, I, th I think, a pretty remarkable inspiration for a lot of women uh, through a ministry that she has founded called Wonderfully Made. Her name is Allie Marie Smith. She's the founder and director of Wonderfully Made, which is a nonprofit group dedicated to helping teenage girls and young women know their true value. She's an award-winning author. She's a speaker, a podcast host, and also a certified life coach. But she has kind of this idyllic life, too, in the fact that she lives in North Santa Barbara County with her husband, Paul, and their golden retriever. She's the author of this brand new book called Wonderfully Made. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Allie Marie Smith, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, Roger. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here with your listeners today. Well, I'm glad you're here. I mean, you, you're always so upbeat. And at the same time, I think part of the reason for the fact that you are upbeat is the fact that you've been through a lot. You've worked through a lot. God has uh, has really shown you how wonderfully made you are and you're such an inspiration to a lot of young women. It wasn't always easy for you and you write about this in your brand new book called Wonderfully Made, Discover the Identity, Love and Worth You Were Created For. The book is just now out and it's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Let's talk about your story for a minute. I mean, Wonderfully Made didn't just happen and a lot of ministries start when people say, you know what, this isn't the ministry I really wanted to have, but it's a ministry I needed to be a part of. Talk about how the, the, the origins of Wonderfully Made as it kind of dovetails with your own story. Absolutely. Well, growing up, I was a good girl from a good home. I was pretty feisty and confident, always tomato red in the face from playing sports, <laughs> barefoot, yeah. climbing trees, running sure. around. Uh -huh. um, but that girlhood spunk and confidence really began to fade around the age of 12 when mm. I started experiencing these unexplained feelings of loneliness, unworthiness, insecurity. And it really didn't make sense because I had a good family. Mm -hmm. I had wonderful opportunities. I had everything a girl could want. Um, and really looking back, uh, they were early symptoms of what I now know was clinical depression, mm. um, something that uh, mental health issue that has run in my family. And so in high school, I worked so hard, Roger, to make myself happy. Um, I did everything I could, you know, uh, I got good grades in school, worked well in soccer. Uh, on the outside, it looked looked as though I was, you know, had everything together. Right. But I was really on the NC inside coming apart. And what happened was two weeks after I graduated high school, summa cum laude, I remember walking across the stage with a smile stretched across my freckled face. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I found myself in a deep, dark and debilitating depression. Mm -hmm. I was unable to eat, unable to sleep. 
unable to talk. I was basically catatonically depressed and my body was alive, but there was no life within me. And so I was admitted to the psychiatric hospital. Mm. I was put on antidepressants and I was sent home three days later for outpatient program programs while all my friends were getting ready to go off to college. Mm -hmm. And I was in an excruciating, excruciating amount of pain. And if anyone, um, personally has been through mental illness or has a loved one who has, you can understand, um, And on a June gloom, a gloomy June day, I grabbed my car keys and I snuck out of the house and I headed to the Golden Gate Bridge. I was raised in Silicon Valley. So it was about a 40 minute drive. And I came with the intention to end my life by jumping off the bridge because mm-hmm. I was sick. I was mm-hmm. deceived. And I thought that was the only way I could end my pain. And, you know, by God's grace, he intervened in a miraculous way. I recklessly hit a curb and I got a flat tire. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, I'm not chuckling because it's funny. But I mean, I just the fact that God heard the cry of your heart, that the Holy Spirit was hearing those groanings of your heart that said, I don't want to end my life, but I just don't know what else to do. And so instead of getting to the Golden Gate Bridge, you wind up with a flat tire and you're now on the side of the road. I mean, that's you, you, you can't you can't script that story any better, Allie Marie Smith. No, it's truly by God's grace. And I didn't know what to do. And so all of a sudden there's a knock on my window and this kind hearted silver haired man asked if he could help. And I nodded my my head. Yes. And he Mm -hmm. called for roadside assistance. Um, You'll note that I hadn't had any conversations with my family or anyone in weeks because I was Mm -hmm. so depressed, but Mm -hmm. I engaged in a real conversation with this man. And, um, I left, uh, with a fixed tire and Mm -hmm. a little hope in my heart. And I turned around and went home to my family. Um, now that wasn't the end of my journey with mental health challenges. Um, I had more hospitalizations, setbacks, detours, but today by God's grace, I am thriving. I am free from depression. I have joy in my heart. Yes. I am passionate about helping teen girls, young women, and really anyone struggling with a mental health issue believe that there is hope and that whatever they are going through is not the end of their story. Amen. Amen. Allie Marie Smith is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Wonderfully Made, and we've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I was resonating so much with what you said, Allie, because there are so many people who will look at, uh, you know, what we see as uh, clinical depression, and it's the gloomy you know, sad face, you know, the person who can't really handle life, quote unquote, as you see in the media. And oftentimes we forget that here you are overachieving with sports and academics and things like that. And they would never have known at your high school graduation as you walk across the stage, the big old smile on your face, getting ready to head off to, you know, a a great collegiate career. On paper, everybody would look at you and say, I didn't see that depression coming. And yet at the same time, I know what it's like when it hits home. I have an older sister who suffers from clinical depression and uh, went through a major uh, challenge in middle school and high school those years, you know, 12 to 17. And uh, now she's, you know, through through therapy, through treatment, through prayer, she, uh, you know, through medication, she's been able to, uh, you know, keep that depression in check. Um, 
talk about what is happening in the culture right now. You're, you're ministering to young women. You're ministering to girls. You know that you're hearing stories from a lot of other girls who are, are you know, resonating with your story. What kind of lies are girls and young women buying into today that might be fueling that fire of depression in their lives? Sure. Well, I've worked with teen girls and young women since I myself was about the age of 19. And I see a lot of common themes um, of absolutely a lot of mental health issues, whether that's anxiety, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's a depression. Um, also, just the cultural lies of believing that their worth, that their identity is found in their appearance and also in their influence. And so for young women today, the world's portrait of success often looks like a large social media following mm. coupled with the perfect image. and. Uh, also perfectionism, um, a predisposition to maybe mental health challenges and the toxicity of social media are really making teen girls and young women really sick. And it's heartbreaking to see because we know that we have been created for so much more. Yes, we can yes. have a victorious life in Christ. And so our ministry, myself, I'm so passionate about um, helping young women discover their true God-given identity, value, and purpose. Um, you know, I love the words by Brendan Manning. He says, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. Every other identity is an illusion. Mm. And, um, you know, this is our true self that, yeah. uh, we are beloved by God. There's, there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. And, um, so there's a lot going on in the culture. Of course, we're hearing a lot uh, about social media today with definite evidence of how toxic it, it is to teen girls and, um, so I just am hopeful because I have seen God do amazing things with a broken life and take young women who've been at war with themselves, who are now walking in freedom and in victory and in wholeness, because we know that with Christ, this is more than possible. Mm, it certainly is. Allie Marie Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The brand new book is called Wonderfully Made, and we've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash wilsonfinancial. 
Allie Marie Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Varsh. Her brand new book is called Wonderfully Made, and we've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I appreciate the fact that this is a resource now that women of all ages, but especially uh, younger women, can learn to discover the identity, love, and worth that they were created for. And in a world that literally is at war with uh, women and kind of leading women and young ladies to kind of be at war with themselves. I mean, instead of the, you're looking for peace with God, but you kind of are at war with yourself. Uh, you were talking during the break alley about the fact that the, um, uh, the, the statistics with regard to women and, you know, self-image, body image, things like that in the era of social media are pretty heartbreaking. Uh, share some of those, if you would, with us, just to kind of help us get a frame of reference for how bad the problem has become. Absolutely. Well, Roger, from 2010 to 2015, the suicide rate increased among girls by 65%, which correlated with the onset of smartphones and social media. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just a correlation that isn't necessarily a causation. But today we have a lot more evidence, of course, with uh, the whistleblower from Facebook, Francis Mm -hmm. Haugen, coming out and sharing inside research from Facebook's own findings. Um, During the pandemic, as a side note, I think it's, it's noteworthy for your listeners to know that the teen girls hospital visit hospital visits for suicide surged more than 50% during COVID. Wow. Uh, There truly is a mental health epidemic among teen girls and it's really time we we intervene and so facebook even conducted its own studies um over the past three years and it it found that its app uh instagram which is of course more follow more more popular with young users is they found that it was harmful for a sizable percentage of them but especially teenage girls we know that girls just interact with this app so differently. And so 13% of teen girls say that Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse. Mm. 17% say Instagram makes eating disorders worse. Um, Often these girls are striving for perfection, which can really manifest into sickness, into mental health issues. And among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, this is a wild one. 13% of British users and 6% of, I believe it was American users, trace the desire to kill themselves to Instagram. And mm. that is from a presentation that Facebook gave within its own company. And wow. so we know that as these young women are consuming, say, eating disorder content, for example, it makes them more depressed, but it also keeps them coming back for more. And um, comparisons on Instagram can really change how young women view and describe themselves. And it's often in a very negative way. Um, So we know that this is a toxic place for teen girls um, who are already, you know, wrestling with the everyday pressures of life, with living in a godless culture that tells them their identity and worth is in their appearance and in their influence. And so it's just a recipe for poor mental health and um you know i'm hopeful that we can uh lead these girls into a better way of living into wholeness and freedom hmm. you know those statistics are, are are frightening 
to think about uh, what young women are facing now that they weren't facing 10, 20, even 30 years ago. You have a phrase that you use, Allie Marie Smith, that I want you to explain to us a little bit at the... The idea that women oftentimes get so focused on outward appearance and social media, whatever, that they really benefit themselves more if they, and I'm using your words here, lean into their actual lives. Uh, what what specifically do you mean by that? Because I'm sure a lot of women you know, get into using social media, for example, young girls, teenagers, whatever, and they're saying, hey, this is me. This is really me. This is who I am. But you and I both know that there's a lot of that that's photoshopped, that's, uh, you know, it's filtered. It, it isn't the real them. It's the them that they try to become. Sure. And we know that God created us to live wide awake to our actual lives uh, and to trade a distraction, distracted life for our actual life and to practice the spiritual discipline of, of presence. And, and you're right. So many uh, young women, girls, I mean, really adults are, you know, creating this image of their lives online. Um, there's a tragic story by, uh, about a young woman, 19 year old woman named Madison Holler and back in 2014. And her story was, is, was similar to mine in that, you know, she was a high achiever. She was a standout athlete. She was well-liked. She was beautiful. And on social media, she really appeared to have the perfect life. And on January 17th, 2014, she posted a beautiful picture of a town square in Philadelphia on Instagram. And then just shortly after she actually took her own life. Um, mm. and so often there is a disconnect about the, the image girls and women, um, really adults, right. Are portraying online to mm -hmm. their actual lives. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, busyness and constant pings and phone and social media addiction can make us strangers to our own lives. And it's really in a, in a noisy and a distracting world that God politely whispers and invites us to live fully present and engaged with the beautiful and the hard parts of the life he's given us before it passes us by. And so I'm a firm believer that with any, you know, teen girl, young woman experiencing a mental health issue with any psychiatrist, maybe prescribing her an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medicine, uh, she should also be prescribed a social media fast because mm. it's important that when someone is is unwell mentally that we see their health. Um, I, I, I see mental health as an onion with many, many layers. And yes. there's the physiological layer, there's the hormonal, there's spiritual, there's circumstantial, there's life stresses. Every layer, lifestyle habits need to be tended to and addressed so we can treat the whole person. Um, and so, you know, I, I know, I believe from my story that, um, you know, millions of people have endured serious mental health challenges, but with the right help and the right lifestyle habits have gone on like your sister and like myself to really live flourishing lives. And so I, I hope that we can take this message to our young people and really to anyone in the throes of a mental health struggle that this is not the end of the story and that there is help available and there is hope available. Um, especially, I mean, Jesus is a great physician, Amen. um, and, and heals us on a soul level. And that's really where the true healing takes place. But, um, 
you know, attacking mental health from every angle is so important. Yeah, it certainly is. Allie Marie Smith is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about her brand new book called Wonderfully Made, Discover the Identity and the Love that you that, that God has in store for you. I mean, the, 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 the worth that you were created for. I mean, I've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, it is your story, but it's a story that helps a lot of other young women, too. And your ministry, uh, Wonderfully Made, has been ministering to, as you mentioned, it, it started, it sounds like, really shortly after uh, you started getting the help that you needed for for the situations that you were being led through. Uh, Allie, talk about your ministry. How do we find you online? What kind of uh, resources are available there that you've been able to create over the years to help young girls? Yeah, thanks for asking. You can find us at our website, wonderfullymade.org. Our mission as a 501c3 nonprofit ministry is to help teen girls young and young women know their God-given value and live spiritually, emotionally, and mentally healthy lives. So over the years, we've done many things. We've uh, offered 10 young women's conferences uh, for young women and their moms and mentors for about 10,000 young women in California and Hawaii. Uh, we partnered with the professional surfer Bethany Hamilton mm, and her mm. foundation uh, to offer a great experience for, with young, for young women to come and hear from positive female role models of faith on topics that were important to them. So conferences are a part of our ministry. We also have a podcast where we interview different women of faith about their journeys on important topics such as identity, purpose, uh, health, mental health, wellness. Um, we also have produced many short films with testimonies of young women. We have a blog, a social media presence, and during COVID, we recently launched a new outreach, which is an encouragement package outreach where we send teen girls in crisis, um, an encouragement package with a book, journal, stickers, a personalized card, just to remind them that God sees them and has a plan for their lives. Mm, so that's a little bit about what, who we are and what we do. And, you know, we've been around for almost 20 years. We're a tiny but mighty ministry, mostly volunteer <laughs> run. Yeah, uh -huh. uh, but I feel like we're just getting started because yes. the need is so vast. Yes. And one of the things I love about what you've got with wonderfullymade.org, Allie Marie Smith, is the fact that it comes preloaded with a lot of material that people can access easily, uh, low to no cost. And it's one of those things where you, it, you've spent the last two decades kind of becoming this overnight sensation, if you will, in terms of someone who goes to the website. It's going to be very substantial, culminating, of course, with this brand new book, which we've got a link for up at thebottomlineshow.com. Wonderfully made. Discover the identity, love, and worth that you were created for by Allie Marie Smith, the founder of Wonderfully Made Ministries. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, as well as a link for wonderfullymade.org up there as well. Allie, Congratulations on the success of the ministry. I know this is not a ministry that anybody would say, oh God, pick me, I want that ministry. But <laughs> the fact that he has walked with you through this and has given you the healing, he's given you the direction, the encouragement, and now the platform to help others is so very, very encouraging. So thank you for your time and for being with us today here on The Bottom Line mm, Show. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Roger, for having me. Well, what a great conversation. Just a delightful dialogue, too. I've uh, been privileged to know Allie Marie Smith for going on 15 years now, and it's just great to see her ministry flourish 
uh, the way it has. Uh, Wonderfully Made is the name of the book. Discover the identity, love, and worth you were created for. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Got a copy or two of the book to give away as well. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Allie Marie Smith is the founder and director of Wonderfully Made, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping teen girls and young women learn and understand their true value. Award-winning author is she. She's also a speaker and a podcast host and uh, lives in North Santa Barbara County, uh, loves surfing. And uh, she and her husband, Paul, well, Paul's the real surfer, right? Okay, that, Paul's the real deal. Just such a wonderful couple. Um, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line for a copy of Allie Marie Smith's book called Wonderfully made. Hey, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, some final thoughts on what this means for us today as the bottom line continues. You know, the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. My thanks again to Allie Marie Smith for a wonderful conversation about her book, Wonderfully Made, which she's got up at thebottomlineshow.com. Allie is the uh, founder and director of the Wonderfully Made nonprofit organization. And we have a copy of the book that we're giving away right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, if you have granddaughters right now, I want your ears. I want your attention. Um, as the grandpa of a nearly two-year-old granddaughter and an almost 13-year-old granddaughter. There's such a huge chasm between Riley, who's almost 13, and Sapora, who will be two in March, because the culture has changed so dramatically during that 11-year span. I know that my job as grandpa for them is to model for them what godly masculinity looks like. I know the women in their world are modeling godly femininity, and I know that their involvement in church and being around good spiritual role models is huge. But I want to offer a special word of encouragement for you, grandma, and you, grandpa, especially grandma. When I think about uh, the influence that you have now more than ever before, there are so many moms who are trying so hard to be forever young, who are trying so hard to be best friends with their daughters to, uh, you know, kind of still keep that uh, fresh, healthy attitude. I think about a young woman recently whose grandmother was passing away. She had reached a certain age and she um, was just, you know, it looked like grandma just had a few days left. And I was talking to this young woman. I said, what's it like for you 
to uh, uh, to see your grandma go. I mean, she's almost 90. I mean, my goodness, she's she's lived a good long life. And I looked, and this young woman had tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, I'm not ready for her to leave yet. I've been thinking about all the good times we had. And there was a lot of turmoil in the family at home growing up with her mom and dad. And she said, I realized my grandma was the most powerful influence of what it meant to be a woman of God that I've had in my life. And this is a very accomplished young woman in her 30s. Grandma, don't ever underestimate the influence that you have, even if you don't see your granddaughters all the time. The influence that you have is huge. And Grandpa, same for you too. Don't worry about how much time you're getting. Make sure that the time that you do get is quality time as well. Quantity helps, but quality is equally important. That is good news, and that's the bottom line.